This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode 282. We are the Fight Disciples and this is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, uh, mainly UFC, a little bit of other stuff from other franchises as well, does pop up every now and again. Um, if you've only just come across us, you can get Fight Disciples on iTunes. Please subscribe there and write some five-star reviews. It helps us with our chart position, therefore more people get to see it and hopefully more people uh, can join our community. Um, we're on social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. If you need an Android feed of this, by the way, whether that be Spotify or whatever, uh, you can get it on our website, fightdisciples.com. Now, I know that you're disappointed in hearing my voice. I know that, okay? I know that you've listened to uh, national, international coverage of the fight at the weekend, and you've thought to yourself, oi, oi, Fight Disciples might be getting a little bit of an upgrade. Catterall's on his way out. Can Layla upload the podcast? That's the big question. (laughs) Turns out she can't. That's why I'm back. You're back. Mm. I would never replace you. Don't worry about that. Fucking replace me on your Instagram feed, didn't you? Jesus. Gone. Uh, Don't go there. I'm out of the game. Let's not go there. Let's move on. We had a little bit of uh, a chat uh, between uh, our uh, our group of pals, Dan Hardy involved in that, a couple of others as well from the Full Reptile Collective. Just a little bit of WhatsApp back and forth yesterday. Every single one of us concluded that the man with the biggest set of conkers uh, in the Full Reptile Disciples uh, Collective <laughs> is the one and only Mr. Nick Pete. I'd say you something. You're a brave lad, aren't you, cunt? Hey? Do you know what? I didn't give it a second thought. Genuinely didn't give it a second thought. When I've hosted live events with you before, mm. Nice little picture. Mate, the boys on in front of our microphones. Mate, we're we're about you... to go live. That's Here fine. we go. Let's have it. That's fine. When, when you post pictures with me when we're doing shows, mm-hmm. I've very rarely got my bangers out, have I? <laughs> very rarely have I got them out. <laughs> Only when it's sunshine, maybe in the summertime, you might get a little bit of chest there, but that's as, that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you're going to attract a couple of comments, aren't you, from the FD? You know what I lot are like. Yep. They're an absolute set of bell ends. They're going to stitch you <laughs> up, aren't they? We jumped mm-hmm. at the chance. As soon as that went up there, I, d- I hope you like my uh, little face that I put up there. Yeah, I did. Did you see who liked my... Because uh, I didn't write anything. I just put an emoji on there, Yeah, is what I put. Did you see who liked it? No. Jordan Gill. <laughs> Straight on with the Gilster. <laughs> That's from our boxing world, uh, just in case you're just into your mixed martial arts and you don't listen to our boxing podcast. This is why you don't let me do our social media. That's it. Because I've got, no, not... I've got no barometer. I've got no filter. You, you, what I would refer to as a social retard. That's what you are, mate. <laughs> You, you, you've it's true. <laughs> you, Anyone that followed me at the weigh-ins yeah. on Saturday knows when I was posting footage of people weighing in 24 times. Yeah. Mm. It's probably aware of the fact that I am a proper gimp when it comes to you social are. media. Well, I struggle with it like I'm, I'm surprised. This was a bad call. Uh, well, I'm surprised. Just away from, obviously, this particular picture that we're talking about, um, if anybody does follow Nick on Instagram, you will have seen a lovely picture of Darren Till's cock because he uh, he videoed that at the weigh-in as well in the early hours of Sunday morning. At least, at least covered it up with a little gorilla. Mm. So, mm. but yeah, just be careful what you put on your social media because your wife That's will right. have you eating dog biscuits and sleeping on the couch forevermore. That's Amen. it. So we're actually recording the show from inside the doghouse. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. Today, next, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Nick's not been allowed out, so I've had to make my way over here. We're in the kennel out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh 
dear. I can only laugh about it because she Mate. doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, that's Thank it. Thank God. That's it. I just want to point out as well, yeah, it's a good job that my wife's not, we're actually recording this in my house today, um, it's a good job that my wife's not in because you wouldn't have got in, son. Not only do you have a shit in my house, but you've done a, you've pissed a mate off. <laughs> the double he's, dog he's not coming in here. I'm Team Jane. <laughs> Listen, we've got a show to do. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, that moved on quite nicely, actually. To I'm, I, I want to talk Molly first. I know that obviously the big talking points, Darren, yeah. from UFC London. But let's talk Molly first, man, because you obviously, everybody's seen, <laughs> speaking of your social media, there's there's the negative, that's done, and now we'll go on to the positive. Um, you saw her backstage, well, not backstage, back in the hotel. Back in the hotel, yeah. Had a little bevy, a little bit of a chinwag, a bit of a chat, posted a couple of pictures of her uh, with her eyes closed. Yeah. Mate, outstanding. I mean, we saw her all week, really, didn't we? And we spent a bit of time with her throughout the course of the week, and she was in great spirits, mm-hmm. really pumped up for the opportunity. And to create history like she did, becoming the first English woman to win in the UFC, it's always in the books now. No matter what she does exactly. for the rest of her life, it's in the books. Absolutely. That will always be on her legacy, won't it? Which is amazing. So, um, But literally, literally could not be happening to a nicer person. She's absolutely amazing. I know she's huge, larger-than-life, you know, flamboyant scouser. Um, but that's just who she is, man. And I think that just I think that's what's gonna attract a lot of fans to us. The fact that what you see is what you get with Molly. There's no there's no if buts or maybes. And she was devastated when she lost in Liverpool. She did take that fight at late notice. She was really devastated, she told us, didn't she, on the Thursday night in London this week that the shape she was in in London. She's embarrassed to look at pictures of now. And that's in Liverpool. She, in Liverpool, sorry. And that's why she turned up in London absolutely in shape. She spent nine months doing jiu-jitsu tournaments. You could see that against Cachoeira. She was desperately going for that submission. Absolutely dominates the first two rounds of the fight on the feet and on the ground. And uh, she looked phenomenal. And she took a thumb to the eye mm. in the third. It was like um, an in, inside of the fist, weren't it? Yeah, she... Cachoeira uh, threw a punch, don't get me wrong. She threw a hook, but instead of turning the hand over... It was a thumb. It yeah. was the thumb that actually hit Molly in the eye. You could see that a million miles away because your eye just wouldn't come up so quickly. Um, and then Molly kind of was, I wouldn't say survival mode from then, but, you know, obviously she's look, she's only got one eye now, so she obviously has issues. And I said on a night, all respect in the world to Dr. Chris Lamb, who got in there, had a look at Molly, but also looked at the clock and thought, 60 seconds to go. Fuck it. You're ahead, fucking just stay, you know. She's, he wasn't going to pull her out of the fight. Mm. And um, she got to make a little bit of history. Well, hang on, right? She's a rock star, is what she is. Yeah, because, well. listen, the fight was great. She was brilliant, as you just said, technically for two rounds. She's well ahead. When the referee brought them back together after the doctor done it, and he went to touch gloves, and, and Priscilla just jumped forward and tried to kneel in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then referee was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Canal!" And then as Molly walked away, when she just went, "Boom!" Take that, well, that. that's the moment. That's the mo- for me. We've spoken on many a times. In fight sports, there are moments that go viral. Yeah. In our boxing world, we talked about the Billy Joe Saunders looking to the bleachers yep. um, when he was fighting against David Lemieux and he missed him with a shot, right? And he, he mugged him off. The moment of Molly McCann, it's gone to a points decision, right? She don't know for sure. She has a feeling, but she doesn't know for sure. For her to, to do what she did in the last five to ten seconds of that fight... Is absolutely outstanding, and that is why we should all be fans of hers, and that's why we should all be wanting to follow her journey. Yep. For her to flip the bird, that's the, that's the key thing, right? Yep. She's absolutely. This is what we all that, that cheeky little fucking look. Listen, I've absolutely battered you for two, for two and a half rounds. Now you're trying to sneak one on me. Yeah, 
flip the bird and then to hur- just just hurdle the fucking cage straight into the crowd, you're thinking to yourself, fuck me, that's, that's going mad. That is yeah. 100% going uh, viral. In on the, um, I've seen loads of clips because this is obviously broadcast on BT Sport. They've they've sadly had to edit that particular piece out because they can't put it on mainstream uh, media. But it's all over social media. So if you've not seen it, go and look at it because that moment makes somebody a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. And and she deserves it. She one hundred percent deserves it. But then she rocks the mic as well. You know, she's a, she is a little superstar, Molly and. She's been on such a mad journey because she was in such a dark place after losing in Liverpool. And then to go and do all the jiu-jitsu tournaments like she has been doing round and out of game. As I say, she nearly she nearly got that armbar at one point. She was, you know, she was pushing for submissions. Cachoeira was in defensive mode from the very kickoff. But you got Fair play to her, by the way. She she's can, the von- she's she can the take zomb- a dig. They call her the zombie girl or the zombie lady yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You can see why. She's a fucking lunatic. Yeah. She just kept walking towards Molly with dumb, the same dumb, stoic dumb, impression. Dumb. It was exactly. Stuff, wasn't Molly's it? like landing these big mad overhand lefts and overhand rights. And she just kept walking forward. So there's plenty of girls in this flyweight division that won't be able to take that kind of, those kind of punishments. Hmm. But um, this was more than that for Molly. You know, It was like everything... Kind of fell in. This is what she wants. She wants to win a war like that. She wants to come out of it with some battle scars. She wants to have her arm raised and she be told, "You've made history, first English woman ever." Yeah. No, flip back to the fact that Molly wasn't even in MMA until she seen Ronda Rousey with a UFC belt wrapped around her yeah. waist and went, Play you know football, what? "I'm gonna have a go with that." Mm. But it, it, this was the great thing. This is Molly McCann, former professional footballer, Priscilla Cachoeira, former professional volleyball player. Yeah. Who's seen those careers cut short for whatever reason, and they moved into fight sports. And they're both now competing on their biggest stage, man. Wicked. Love all that. Rockstar Molly. Molly was great. Molly's the superstar. I'm going to speak to Molly for our Radio City Talk show this week as well. So yeah. tune into that because you know she'll have a sound yeah. bite or two. And she'll she'll have to wear sunglasses. Not because she's <laughs> yeah. a rock star now, but because she can't fucking see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Grundy, what a debut. Uh, I was just going to say, by then, Grundy had already got the party started. What a debut, Mike Grundy. Listen, man, that is how you open the show. Yeah, that's how you open your career in the UFC. He yep. is a seasoned pro. He's done extremely well in other franchises. He's been waiting for this turn. That's what he's been doing. And fucking hell did he bring it. And in no way, shape or form would you class it as a dominant performance because there's moments in there where you're thinking yeah. to yourself, oh, he's in a bit of trouble here, fucking hell. Grundy, yeah. what are you doing to me, lad? Even though he had a great first round, he's rocking and rolling in that second, isn't he? But the way that he then takes care of business, a lad that I genuinely thought it would all be about grappling, taking yeah. down, beat him on the deck. For, for him to do it stood up, Welcome to the UFC, Michael. Well, Grundy. that's it. You know, you, you you you're a pro fighter. You campaign your entire career to get in the UFC. You suspect the reason it's taken so long because you've got this incredible record is because you're a grappling heavy fighter. Mm. You kind of take advantage of the fact that the sport's in a transitional period and grappling heavy fighters are welcome with well, you know, with their arms wide open. But you get in and you think, okay, they put me first on against another guy, Nad, a rather strong grappler. It kind of felt like it was a little battle of Britain to get you started, but you know we put this on first for the reason. Mm. Let's get this one out the way, and the two of them just throw down like that. And for Grundy to get the knockout, the first knockout of his MMA career mm. as well mm. in the UFC, like that should have. I was speaking to him in the bar at the end of the night, and obviously he was devastated. And I was like, No, Mike, you can't. You can't be devastated for Darren. I know, I know how close you are. Obviously, I know the entire camp. The whole of UK MMA will yeah. come on to this is, is, is devastated right now. 
but you personally have worked your entire life as a professional athlete to get to this moment. You've got to enjoy yeah. it. You've got to enjoy it's it. It's his journey now. Of course. You've got to take control of it and you've got to become a rock star. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And uh, and he kind of he kind of accepted that, you know, I think it will help when he's removed from that situation because I'm guessing everyone was saying the same thing. Ah, oh, fantastic. Well done, but gutted for Darren, aren't we? No, fuck that. You know, it's like bringing him straight down. No. Hopefully when he gets on his honeymoon this week, him and his missus disappeared. He can look, he can get a beard in his hand, look down and go, I did it. Yeah. I fucking did it. Mm. It took me long enough to get there, but when I got there, Enjoy it. I delivered in spades. He did, knockout. mate. He lit the gaff up straight away, no question about it. Molly followed him in and then we had a, we had a series of great fights. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, before again, we're avoiding the, the elephant in the room, Darren Till, but we'll get to it in a minute. Trust me, because we want to do it. So we want to do it proper justice. I want to ask you this: What constitutes a verbal tap? Fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> so when, when I got when I got back to the uh, when I got back Ow! to the Hilton, no, that's not a verbal tap, mate. It's a fuck exactly. When I got back to the Hilton um, after finishing all my commitments on Saturday night, I walked into the Hilton and literally. Thankfully, MMA Jim was walked towards me with a beer for me, and I was like, "You fucking rock star!" And then he went, "I went to who's in there?" And he went, "Danny's over there." And I looked to the right and I seen Danny Roberts, and he had poor Mark Goddard pretty much pinned up against the wall, and he was just like fucking. I could see. Yeah, him but it wasn't Mark. Oh, no, it wasn't no, Mark. Mark's the most respected referee, right? Okay, in this, fair enough. On this side of the wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he was trying to get to justify a, a justification yeah, back yeah. from Mark. And obviously, listen, I wasn't privy to that conversation. I'm just saying it was. It was. It was it was fun to see Dan there still kind of asking Mark to explain what he did wrong, asking Mark to kind of justify why the referee stopped it at that point. Because let's let's face it, so Dan survived for me two rounds against Claudio Silva, throwing every kind of submission at him. Yes, he dropped Claudio on the feet, of course, yeah. But every time Claudio managed to take him down, elite level black belt, yeah, he was basically on the offensive. He was defend. Danny was on the defensive. Yes. Sorry, he was defending submissions. But you know what? He fucking did it. He did it like a rock star for two entire rounds. He defended submission after submission after yep. submission. And at the end of the second round, I was doing I was doing commentary as you know, and it come to me. Sorry, I was doing presenting, but they come to me after the second round. I mean, you know, what do you think? And I went, fucking, I'm just blown away by Donny Roberts' uh, submission defense. It's absolutely unreal. Yep. Claudio Silva's legit as fuck. And yet he's scrambling out of everything. It's yes, amazing. Absolutely. He can turn this fight around. And in the third, he does. He turned the fight around. He starts landing well, strikes. That's the, that's he starts thing. beating Claudio every, up. Well, even from the first round, every time he hit him, oh, yeah. he hurt him. He was wobbling everywhere. So yeah. he was always in the fight. It just had to be on the feet. Yeah. Because on the deck, like you've just said, he's up against elite level Different BJJ. Yeah, no yeah, question yeah. about it. But it, like, but he was swimming, mate. He I wasn't got, drowning on the deck. He I, was swimming. I got bollocks off um, Vicky, who runs all the UFC press. Huh? She come over to me and she went, "You can't jump up and down in here, <laughs> right? Because I'm in the press pit." Yeah. So everybody, I don't know how people do it, mate. I don't know how all all these other journalists from wherever they're fucking from sit there and just watch fights. I don't get that. I know, but don't forget, as a journalist, this this is been with me my entire career because I when I covered football I'd be the same at fucking Anfield Champions League semi-final and I'm fucking standing up holding me chest when they're playing you'll never walk alone and even then the pre the, the, the media would be like sit the fuck down you, you, this is media you're impartial I'm like I work for the fucking Liverpool Echo Mate. I used to sit on the cop exactly. I ain't impartial at all no and so I'm, I'm, really, I, I'm really I, representing a, a domestic British broadcaster yeah. on Saturday night and I'm clapping and UFC is saying to me you can't clap the fighters. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm, I'm here representing the British national radio. I'm a fan as well. I, 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 I get it. That's why we're in them positions. I get what you're saying. We are fans 
doing we, but we professionals. Just, we, yes. So yeah. through the professionals. So anyway, act professionally. So I'm sat in the press pit. Anyway, my mates in a fight, scrambling his fucking bollocks off. Yeah. Out of all the MMA fighters, I class Danny as probably the one that I know the most. Yeah. He's scrambling his fucking nuts off, surviving, still in the fight, giving the kid a bit of a tag every now and again. So I believe to myself that he could knock this dude out. I'm up on my feet. I'm smacking the table. Danny, get the fuck out of that position and all this type of stuff. When he slammed him on his head, I absolutely nearly turned the table over, by the way. <laughs> Vicky comes over to went, you can't do that in here. And I went, sorry, Vicky, but, but he's me mate. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so anyway, I got a bollocking for that. But like you've just said, right, that third round... He's coming out for that third round. He needs a knockout. He's lost two rounds because of the yep. amount of BJJ that was in there and, and, and the offense compared to defense. Yep. And he rocks him. He gets him going. And even when... Gets top control, starts mate, dropping elbows. But even when he's that, arm, that arm's locked on, I mean, a lot of people will make... Um, uh, th- th- they will talk, obviously, about being slammed directly on your head. At the end of the day, that was Claudio Silva's choice. He held on. He could, yeah, have, yeah. Let, he could have let go. Of course. It's not like he's picked him up and slammed him down. Yep. He's trying to... He's lifted him. Free the arm. Because he's old of his arm. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's fair game then to slam him. Oh, 100%. Head. Oh, I've got no issue with that whatsoever. That, that's true. I'm just clearing that up because I've heard a few people saying, well, he should have been banned for that. No, he shouldn't. No, have done. Not at all. No, because Claudio Silva's locked onto that arm. And if Danny stands up and lifts his arm with him and Claudio comes with him, well, that's fucking so be it. Mm. And if he's tried to stack Claudio on top of himself to free that arm, and ultimately that's what he did. Okay, when he with the initial, he lands on his head, but then Danny lands on top of him. Danny's arm is still twisted the wrong way. But at that very moment, mm. so that's when Danny made, you couldn't really tell whether he made out any sound or not. But the subsequent, the fallout from that was Danny flipped over and now his arm's not bent anymore. Now his arm's straight because he's, he's out of the position and that's when the referee stopped it. He stopped it at the point when Danny was no longer in danger of getting his arm broken. He was no longer in any issue. And that's what my problem was. Prior, and I'm thinking, are you... Have you just come in for this round, referee? Did you not referee the previous two rounds when Danny was in similar situations but mm. managed to scramble out of it on numerous occasions? Where the f- why the fuck stop it now? You've just seen Danny dominate the last two minutes of the fight. You've just seen him landing some serious ground and pound and Claudio getting busted up. Then he falls into an armbar and, Cla- and he stacks Claudio on his head and he's scrambling to get out. Why stop it now? This is, this is Danny's best bit of the fight. Mm. He's potentially turning the fight around. And as a referee, you can't go, I didn't realise what position. You shouldn't be a referee in the UFC if you don't know that's how you get out of an armbar. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know the position Danny Roberts is now in, this mm. very moment that I'm about to stop the fight, that now he's in, then you shouldn't be refereeing the UFC. The thing is, it's too big. The thing is as well, with with strikes, I get it that you're out, you're on edge. You're watching, or oh, is he taking too much to the head? Right, yeah. I understand that of, as to why a referee will be right on edge. And Mark Goddard is probably better qualified to speak about this particular thing. But when it comes to grappling and BJJ, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, the kid snaps his arm. Yeah, I know that sounds really bad, but it's a fight. That in a fight, if he snaps his arm, he snaps his arm. Yeah, if he chokes him out. Within a couple of minutes, the blood will be back in his system and we'll be rocking and rolling again. You know fine. what I mean? It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's the game that these guys are in. Yeah. Now, a verbal tap. What constitutes a verbal tap? At the end of the day, if you're getting smacked, you're going to say something, aren't you? You're yeah. not just going to take it if it's whatever. Yeah. If someone's pulling the shit out of your arm and it's going the wrong way, of course it's going to hurt. Yeah. Of course you're going to make a sound. Now, the referee says, I asked you twice. He's in a fight, mate. Yeah. 
What's wrong today? Oh, I'm fine, you know, ref. Don't even worry about yeah, it. Yeah, he might not necessarily have heard you. Exactly. He's making sound because he's trying to, like you've just said, manoeuvre his body in a way to get out of that situation. Which he'd done consistently for the previous 10 minutes. And which he just did. Yeah, and he just did it again. And then you stop the fight. Come on. A, a, a verbal tap for me has got to be stop, yeah. stop, yeah. or it's got to be, you know, help, or, you know, it's got to be something plus, like that. It can't just be a... Uh, plus, with people listening to this, why a verbal tap? Right now, a verbal tap comes into into play when both your both your arms are incapacitated. You're locked in. You can't move them, so you can't actually tap the deck or you can't tap so, your opponent. Exactly. So you do the verbal tap. Then Danny's other arm's free. Exactly. His right arm is completely free. So why doesn't he tap the canvas? Tap Claudio. Clap him. Tap himself. Come on. Wave at the referee. Do anything. Yeah. That's what's bullshit about it. And you know. I said immediately afterwards, I was like, it's got to be, for me, it should be overturned to a no contest. It's a referee and error. Mm. That's why Danny Roberts got an L on Saturday night, a referee and error. I was gutted he never got a bonus because I think that would have been the UFC making a bit of a statement to go, that kid did fucking great. He should get a bonus. Now, hopefully, and the UFC do this all the time. We just don't hear about it. They give out locker room bonuses that you would never hear of. I know many fighters that have had them. And Dana White being Dana White, hopefully he's seen that fight and gone, well, that fucking kid did brilliant. Well, he's called it bullshit. He's called the decision bullshit. He said he should have been allowed. He said he has, he's, a, he's made a public apology to Danny Roberts and he said that he should have been allowed to continue. That. Yeah, he absolutely should have been allowed to continue. And listen, I don't want to wail it, keep wailing on the referee because everyone makes mistakes. Of course man. they do. Everyone makes some mistakes. They're only human. And this was a big stage for that referee who's not been used prominently by the UFC before. Big opportunity for him. And he and he fucked up in that one instance. So I don't really want to fucking sell him to the wall. But he's my mate, so we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's, 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 it's also that you know, fucking it's like that Marvel shout in it. What is it? With great fucking skill becomes great responsibility or whatever opportunity. This referee's gotta take that's the worst thing for me is that he allowed Danny to survive two rounds of of equally tough submission positions, mm. then you wait for Danny to turn the fight around to look like he, oh shit, this could actually win it. We can all see it. If mm. I can see that's what's happened in the fight, the story of the fight, mm. the referee's got to see that. So why stop it then? You know, if you know if that was the culmination of yet another three minutes of the third round of Danny just defending, defending, defending subs, Fair and enough. you think, you know what, I've seen enough of this. Uh, this kid's going to get his arm broken. He's done nothing. All he's done is fucking dissenting submissions. Then I wouldn't be so upset about it. Mm. But the fight had turned. You know, back at the hotel afterwards, Danny Roberts still looked like a fucking model for fucking top, you know, for, for Tom you, Ford or whatever. I thought you were going to say top man then. <laughs> yeah. He's more Tom right. Ford than he You're is top man. For top man. <laughs> he's, he's still, he looked like a model for Tom Ford. He looked, looked like he hadn't even been in the fight. And me and my Claudio was sitting right behind us. Mm. And, you know, he looked like in the elephant man, big massive hematoma out the side of his head. Frustrating for Danny. I'm just gutted for him because get, listen, he's he going to get so hard. And listen, yeah, this certainly won't knock him back in his UFC push, but it, it's just disappointing because for me, on paper, Claudio Silva would have been a huge win for Danny Roberts. Mm. Claudio Silva, who's got wins over Rocky Edwards, mm. who just beat Nordin Taleb, who beat Danny previously, yeah. it would have been massive for Danny, and he deserved it, man. But hopefully, listen, they might even get to play it out again. I don't know. I think they will. I think they will, mate. What did you think about Marshman Phillips that kicked off the main card, the Battle of Wales that we were all getting super excited about? I agree with the crowd. I thought it was the wrong decision. There was a couple of fights that I thought was the wrong decision. Uzumir, I thought he got a bum deal as he well did. in the Reyes fight. Yeah. Um, I went with Phillips. Me I, too. I thought Phillips was the, the more aggressive. Don't get me wrong, Marshman was on that back foot and he was whacking out the jab. But from Octagon's side, from where I was sat, he weren't landing a lot of it. There was a lot of fresh air fucking knocking about. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I can understand the split. I think I, think I said I, th I said on the broadcast that I wasn't that upset with the decision 
just because, you know, F- Phillips for me was just loading up single punches. Yeah, he wasn't throwing any combinations, and Marshman was just on his bike, just ch- just trying to pick him off from the outside and, and and try and just edge the judges on volume rather than actual power shots. But what most upset <clears throat> upset me most was whether they respected each other too much, whether they were just f- in fear of losing the fight and ultimately getting cut because both of them on yeah. the verge of it. Or whether it was the fact that there's too much pride at stake and this was the Battle of Wales. But mm. for me, it didn't catch fire. No, I didn't. thought it would. I put, I put it down. And I think they'll both kick themselves because it'd be like, the two of you should have just met each other in the middle and gone... Because that could easily have been fight of the night. Yes. And had it been fight of the night, regardless of who wins or loses, they both probably stay in the UFC because yeah. they've had humdinger. Mm. But by doing that, Phillips is 100% on his way out. And you know what? I don't think they're in a rush to sign Marshall to do anything anyway. He missed weight again mm. and it wasn't an entertaining fight. No. I, I put it down because if, if early in the fight, both men were down, weren't they? Yeah. They both felt a little bit of power early doors, and I just think that might have put them off. Yeah. They've, they've tasted it a bit, and they've got fucking hell. I'm going to have to be a bit wary here. That's what I put it down to, but you're probably a bit more right, actually, that pride. Throw the fuck down, yeah, man. This was pride. the Battle of Wales, the King of Wales, and the fight to stay in the UFC. And For me, John Phillips wanted a fight. Mm. Marshman didn't want to fight. Marshman thought, fuck that. You've got a bit more, too much juice for me. I'm just going to try and keep moving and pick you off. Uh, and again, you know, ultimately it kind of worked for him because he got the decision. Mm. But if I'm UFC matchmaker, I'm looking at that performance and the fact that he missed weight and I'm like, I'm in no rush to sign you again, son. Come on then. On the prelims. You want to ca- do the till thing last then? Go yeah, on. yeah. Go let's on. save down to the end. But on the prelims then. Yeah. Um, Obviously, a great win for, for Arnold Allen. But I thought the performance of the prelims, just because of the pressure he was under, but the way he implemented his game plan, I thought it was Mark Jacquesi. I thought he was absolutely fucking ace. Joe Duffy's dangerous as anything, as we know. Calf Performer kicks. professional boxer turned submission yeah. wizard. Calf kicks were amazing, weren't but they? That, but that, that was the game plan. So you're in there with a boxer, a guy that can easily outbox you. What you do? You kick his front leg away. You kick that front leg to shit so he can't drive forward with his punches. Mm. So he forces Joe Duffy in one round to switch the southpaw. Now Joe Duffy's fucked because he's doing the one thing that he's not naturally used to doing. So his game plan's gone out the window. Meanwhile, Jacquesi then, that's when the spinning shit starts coming in. That's when he starts doing other stuff. There's there's a piece, my favourite, in fact, probably my favourite moment of that particular fight and maybe the whole of the prelims. Jacquesi did some proper fucking Bruce Lee shit, right? So the lead hand's in his face. Yeah. And with his lead hand, he brings uh, Duffy's hand down. So he snaps it down and in the same movement, elbows him. Yeah. So he, he snapped his hand down and bang at the, same in elbow. the same thing. So he moved the guard out of the way and banged with the same with the same hand, the elbow yeah. right on the side of the, on the whiskers. And I thought, fuck me, he's back. Here we go. Yeah. We've been desperate for that guy. Yeah. Three fights, kid. I mean, he showed in his post fight. He's uh, he, he knew. He knew, if I lose here, I'm out. I'm on my way out of the UFC. I'm going to lose my job. Sensational from Mark Jacquez. It's great to have him back. He was ace, man, yeah. Very Mm. much so. Um, (sighs) No, go on. We'll keep going. Nathaniel Wood. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, he was fucking hell. Well, if if Jacquez stole a prelim card with... I'm just saying, I thought Grundy and Molly were amazing. Don't get me wrong. Molly probably stole a prelim card, but I thought Jacquez's game plan was sensational. Coming on to the main card. Hang on, what about Dan Dan Ag? Yeah, that, oh, that finish against Danny Henry, that what was sick it? as fuck. 50 seconds? Yeah, just Is he setting another him. record? Pounced on him. Yeah, it was great. How does that Danny Henry, though, who's six foot, make fucking 145? No Unbelievable, idea. man. No idea. Uh, Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood was amazing. Uh, you know, Kinoz has come off the biggest win of his career over Ishihara. Um, 
he's, he's buzzing, he's coming to the London and he really fancies the job. But Nathaniel Wood, there's a reason why they call him the prospect. There's a reason why everyone's getting excited about him. This was a guy that when he was in Cage Warriors, we've seen him come back against adversity. We've seen him turn fights around with a single punch. He was a puncher, knocking everybody out, doing everybody in. Comes to the UFC, he submits three people back to back. On the spin, Sub, yeah. sub, sub. Fucking unbelievable. And that was the, he was the guy on the bill, with all due respect to Rocky, and we'll come on to Rocky Edwards, but he was the guy on the bill where you think, yes, with ultimately what happens to Darren Till on the main card, if you can keep pushing on, yeah. if you can get a couple of wins, mm. you're headlining here soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can headline your Massive UFC fan London. base. They were loving him, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was brilliant. He's got everything. Mm. I agree, mate. And he's a nice kid as well. You interview yeah. him, you have a chat with him, you think, yeah, he's switched on. He's obviously got the Brad Pickett connection. Brad only slapped him three times. Bit disappointed. I thought we might have gone for five. Really, yeah. <laughs> really gone for the ball. Maybe if he'd slapped him five times, we might have got the first round finish. But No, he was good, mate. He was very, very good. And I know that. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do. Let's save Rocky to last because of, the, of the ramifications. Because afterwards. of the ramification of the di- of the till yeah. fight with Mazda. So we both agree that Uzume got robbed against Reyes. He won two rounds to one. Yeah, Come agreed. On, mate. Right. Come on. Okay. Right. Yeah. Did 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 Till miss an opportunity in that first round? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, for those that haven't seen it, well, firstly, why are you listening to this if you've not seen this particular fight? It's a sensational fight. The first moment of the fight, Masvidal runs out, kicks him straight in the bollocks. Yeah. Straight in the balls. Like, as soon as uh, uh, Goddard goes, fight, bang, straight in the nuts. Straight over. Just sprinted over him. What the fuck? Yeah. Teep kick to the nuts, right? Yeah. So that kind of put us... That was weird. That was weird straight away. Yeah. Then, Darren sorts his bollocks out. All right, let's have another go. Let's go. The next shot... Left hand. Is Darren putting it right down the pipe, stinging him. Drops him. Drops him. Mm-hmm. Was that the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. Because then Darren just got left hand, he- left hand happy. Didn't yeah. He? he spent the whole round winding up that left hand, looking to knock Masvidal out with it. He threw a couple of kicks to the body, which Masvidal was catching. But Masvidal was catching it and just throwing it away. So, I don't know, because that, that's Darren's big strength. His, his body kicking is phenomenal. His punch power is incredible. That long, that big left hand is, is solid. But he's also got loads of elbows and you know, he's creative, spinning shit. But after dropping him with that left hand, you could just see that was all he wanted to do. Mm. I catch you with that again. I won't let you, let you off the hook last time. Just because it was the first punch he threw. Maybe it took him a bit of a shot. Oh, shit. I knew that was going to happen. Okay, I'll, I'll get you again. I'm staying patient. Keeping me cool. Mm. Whereas if you think he pounced on him in that second, because afterwards Masvidal was saying, I didn't fucking know what day it was after he hit me with that left hand. It took me like a couple of minutes to go, oh, shit, where the fuck am I again? You know, it just happened a little bit too soon. With Darren's obviously thinking, it's Masvidal, it's tough, it's going to take me a couple of rounds, it's going to take me time. Drop some once, you think, I've got this. Come on then, come on, get back to your feet, let's have it. Uh, obviously that played against him because Masvidal, well, once he'd figured him out, once Masvidal figured him out in the second round, mm. the fight com- did a complete three one. Well, they got into a rhythm. Fighters like Masvidal, with all that experience... You allow them to get in, firstly, their own rhythm and to then start seeing your tells. And when your tells are starting to become a little bit obvious, as you just pointed out Stand there, heavy. Till just wants to land that left hand, right? That's what he wants to do. He's got much more to his game than that, and he's getting a, f- a little bit of an unfair tap on social media. He's got more to the game. There's no question about that. But like you said, he had success. He wanted to do the exact same thing again. When the tell is consistent, yeah. for a fighter like Masvidal, he can read it all day long. Yeah, Read it all day long. So therefore, if you look at the way that he goes about and finishing this fight, it's set up. He sets that up absolutely sensationally by certain feints that he's throwing just to see what the reaction's going to be like from Darren. Yeah. 
he was starting to throw a lot of overhand shots from a very low position. Darren then didn't know, is it a shot that's coming or is he going to try and go for a level change takedown? It was just level change, wasn't he? Right, exactly that. But then Darren then reacts with his hands. He does a lot of things where he's pushing down rather than keeping his hand. When you look at Masvidal, Masvidal kept his hands very high because he knows that Darren can whack. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to fuck me uh, on the whiskers again, man. That's what I'm going to do. But Darren wasn't doing that because Darren thought that maybe the level change was coming. He's going to go for a takedown. What's going to happen here? He dropped both hands in order to stop that. But that's not what Masvidal was doing. Masvidal was showing him a level change and then wanting the overhand boom. And he did it right at the start of the uh, second round. He missed. And then he thought, this kid's going to keep fucking doing that. And then as soon as that lead jab comes in, he goes for that level change. The footwork maybe threw Darren off a little bit because it was it was like he was throwing a Superman punch, yeah. but didn't throw a Superman punch. He Just actually over the top of the yeah left. he throws it off the wrong foot, which is a little bit weird the way that he goes about the finish. But then right on the whiskers. I think mate. there's an element as well of of Masvidal coming into this fight and the rhetoric of being oh he used to be a lightweight oh he's not a he's not a one punch knockout man from Darren's point of view yeah one hundred percent man I think the an, he an thought element he could bully of that him. is right okay as long as if Masvidal punches me on the chin it won't be a problem. It's, I need to punch him on the chin. What I don't want is Masvidal to take me down, hold me down. But I want this to be a absolutely. Match. But but so he's more concerned early about in that second round. Takedown. Absolutely, but early in that second round, even at points at the end of the first, he did hit Darren clean, yeah. especially off the fence. So therefore, we said this on last week's show. He's dangerous as fuck when he's back against the fence when he's getting tagged, and he was getting tagged Masvidal, but he come out with a combination and he caught Darren clean on about two or three occasions. So I'm sat there octagon side going. All right, he's giving you a fucking warning there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get that get that right hand up on your chin because he's giving you a warning. He's quick. Don't get me wrong, Darren took him and he took him clean and he's looking at him and he's shaking his head. Yeah, yeah. But it only takes one, as we saw, to land absolutely flush. This is a timing thing. It's not necessarily a power thing. It's a timing thing. Yeah. And that's what happened. He caught him absolutely on the button, didn't he? Yeah. And he went over. It was... It, listen... Obviously, I know we've we've got a cl- I've got a close connection. We've got a close connection with Darren uh, because no, he's, listen, he's the biggest star in let's UK call it MMA straight, right now. Mate, it's hard to watch your mates fight like that and then yeah. it not necessarily in the world of boxing. We're pricing people like that. We get called out all the time. You lot are biased. Yeah, we are because they're our mates, right? Yeah. More so for you with Darren. You've championed his career ever since he was a kid when he went out to Brazil and come back and all these things that you've been doing recently with Calbon. To watch him on a big night like that get chinned like that. It's not like it were a back and forth and he lost a points decision. You see, you can go, all right, you yeah. never, never mind. He got mod out. It, it's things, it's things because it's things so much more than the Woodley defeat because the Woodley defeat, you go, right, probably a little bit too much too soon. Big opportunity like that. Going all the way to Dallas fighting for the world title. Didn't get to implement your game plan, you know, fucking walked into a shot and then, you know, you can put that one down to experience. This one was different because this was the rebuilding job. This was coming back. This was every welterweight in the top 15 once, yeah. Who do you want? Because you're the biggest star in UK MMA. Here you are on the same night that announcing Michael Bisman's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The, the fucking may well have just got Bisman to give a big golden torch and pass it to Darren Till. That's what was happening on Saturday. The torch is being passed on. This guy's gone now, but he's our new guy. This mm. guy's going to take us to the next mm. level. And Darren was afforded, because of his star power, afforded the opportunity to choose his opponent from the top 15. And he chose Masvidal. He's seen Jorge Masvidal as the kind of fighter that would bring out the best in him, someone that's going to meet him in the centre of the octagon and throw down. And that's what makes it worse because Darren wanted this fight. He wanted this fight to showpiece the fact that, listen, that was a blip against Woodley. Here's me bouncing back. I'm 
fucking straight after Kamaru Usman, I want the title shot again. And that's what stings most of all, is that you wake up and you think, fuck, I've just been knocked out in a fight that was I thought was weighted in my favour. Mm. Listen, this is MMA. No one's fucking ever, nothing's ever a foregone conclusion nope. because there's so many ways to win, lose and draw. But that's what will sting Darren more than anything else. And plus... You know, I didn't get to speak to Darren afterwards. He, he was at the hospital and then he, he went straight, he got driven straight back to Liverpool. But speaking to members of the team afterwards and stuff, what shell shocked them more than anything is that that doesn't happen to Darren Till. Doesn't happen in training, doesn't happen in sparring. It's never happened in his career. Didn't happen when he was a kid in my time fighting grown men. He doesn't get knocked clean out like that. That does not happen. So that's why that's why they were so shocked because you know, Darren's a monster. Like, there's a reason why I get so excited about Darren Till is because the people who are around Darren Till, bear in mind, Colin Herron's had more fighters in the UFC than any coach this country's seen before or since. That He knows a superstar when he gets one. And people around him, like Sir Terry Etam and stuff like that, who, I'm, who I talk to and spend time with, John Gillies, these are fighting men that know when they see special. They know when they've got a goal, like a fucking absolute superstar. And adamantly, they're all like, Darren will be a UFC champion. Darren has got everything. He's got that X factor. And in, when it just comes to pure fighting, he's a, he's a superstar, hmm. a superstar. So that's why I've been on this gravy train so early because these people have been at the very top of the sport. They know what it takes and Darren's got everything it takes. But to come back to Terry Etim, we were kind of saying similar things about Terry Etam until he got knocked out by Edson Barbosa. Mm. And it affected them deeply, mm. deeply. And Terry's never been able to come back from that. Terry would probably admit it. He was never able to recover psychologically from that knockout. Now, these are two completely different people. And listen, Michael, B let's talk about Michael Bisping. He got knocked out by Dan Henderson in sensational fashion on the biggest stage. And Michael Bisping was able to come back from it and become UFC champion. Absolutely. Darren Till is a very young man, 26 years of age, got so much more fighting to do. And I know he will come back from this. Mm. But the conversations around him now need to be, why has this happened to someone that this doesn't happen to? Why, is he, why has he been knocked out like this? Now, you know, it's easy for me to go, must be a weight thing then. Must be a, It's time to do what Anthony Smith's done and move up from middleweight to light heavyweight. It's time to do what Bobby Knuckles done. Bobby Knuckles was a, a decent welterweight. Now he's middleweight champion of the world. He moved up and everyone, are you moving up? Oh, you're not big enough. But it, it brought out the best in him. Mm. It's easy to say, oh, Darren should go away for nine months, grow into his body, come back as a middleweight and make a second push. And maybe that ultimately will be what he does. But right here, right now, they're the questions that only Darren Till can answer and Colin Heron can answer. Well, I, w I would actually agree with what you're alluding to there. And, and I'll tell you why I'm alluding to that. And it's not necessarily because he can't make 170 because he proved that he can at the weekend once again. It's not, it's not that. What I think it is, I think it's a psychological thing. Well, when I watch Darren fight sometimes, he, he knows he's the bigger guy. Yeah. And especially at the weekend, he was the bigger guy. He's gone in there and he's thinking, Masvidal can't knock me out. And therefore, there's a little bit of naivety with some of his approach work to his, to his offensive game, as we saw with him leaving his right hand down. And I just think that if he's fighting against somebody that he knows he can't bully, it's not a bullying thing, yeah. and he's there, therefore forced to use technique, because he, he's fucking good. Technically, he's Brilliant. good. He's but, he, but sometimes he throws it out the window because he thinks, I can just bully this fucker. Yeah. And if we got to a situation where psychologically in his head, the bullying thing, the the size thing is not an issue. This is now, this is a, look at what he did against Wonderboy, right? Yeah. He was, 
it was a chess match. Technical chess match. I think he won he it. Because he respected three. the fact that there you go. Boy could pull him There you go, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, it's a, he, I think he won it. Others might argue against me, right? But I think he won that fight 3-2, right? So you, you're thinking to yourself, when he gets into chess matches, when he gets into technical fights, he's very, very good. When he thinks to himself, well, this guy's only a small dude. I need to put on something for the fucking fans. I need to give him a look. He leads himself wide open. Yeah. As we saw at the weekend. Anybody can be knocked out. I don't give a fuck who they are. Anybody can get waxed. Now, well, fair enough. You're telling me that he hasn't, that's never happened to him in all his mighty career and it's not happened to him in his, in his uh, sparring and all the guys that are around him are telling him it's not happened. It was bound to happen at some point. At some point, you're in MMA at the elite level. We're talking elite level dudes. Masvidal's yeah. elite level, mate. Cooks. He used to fucking fight on Kimbo Slice's videos. You know what I mean? The guy knows what he's doing. He's a proper yeah. street fighting man. At some point, someone's going to catch you, time you, and get you on the whiskers, right? I would hope that this is the moment now that helps Darren Till propel forward to become an elite level fighter. I, I genuinely think there's a change in, in his mentality now. Rather than him thinking... I'm just this fucking big dude and I'm just going to go in and smash everybody to bits. Now we're going to get that controlled, thought-out aggression. And I think it should be when he moves up to middleweight. That's yeah. that's just my own personal thoughts. Just on that note, he's six foot and Robert Whitaker's six foot. You know, it's not a stature thing because I heard someone say, yeah, but he goes up to middleweight. What happens when he faces someone as big as Luke Rockhold? I'm like, well, Luke Rockhold's not the fucking champion of the middleweight division. Far from it. Bobby Knuckles is. Calvin mm. Gastelum's five foot ten. Yeah. He's the top Wonder contender. Wonderboy was taller than him. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's not about that at all. It's about finding what weight class is right for you. If 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 it's true that that's never happened before, then you've got to go. Well, why is it happening now? Is it because of new? Because when he walked out on Saturday, obviously around fight week, I'm like, fuck, you skinny bastard, I'm taking the piss out of him because he, he he looks ill in the face because he's so thin. When he actually made the ring walk as well, well, and he, he come on well. the screen, his body looked well, but I thought his face still looked super lean. Right. He still looked... When you see Darren in the gym outside of fight week, weight cut week, when he's just be, I, I always walk in and go, how the fuck... I do it every time. How the fuck do you do welterweight? Because he's massive. He's massive. He's thick, isn't he? He's, his fucking thighs are like a rugby player's. He's massive. And I get to the fight week, and that's why it shocks me so much, because then Joe, then, them cheekbones come out, and I'm like, oh, mate, you look fucking terrible. And he's like, I know, skinny me, horrible, innit? And it's like, other fighters who've done that. Remember Connor? When Connor was down a featherweight? Horrible. And he just looked like a baghead. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's an easy solution. Is It's easy for us to sit here and go, of well, course it is. Oh, you've got to move to middleweight. Exactly. You've got to we, do it. We don't know what the science is behind his body or anything like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, listen, that, I'm just going from... Being a fan, watching him, of course. I, I think so, I think physically it'll be good for him, and mentally as well. I think it'll be good for him yeah. because he won't be going in challenge. there. Think, he won't be going in there as thinking I'm just way too big for this guy. Yeah. I'm moaned to bits. I've got I've got to really think out my work. Of course. Here. I think also as well, you need to we need to appreciate the fact that like I was devastated that weekend, and uh, not just because I'm he's a he's a friend of mine, but also because I'm like this was the passing of the torch. This is the biggest star we've got in the UK. Doesn't matter. He's just lost. And listen, there's people on this card that won and whatever else, but you know none what? of these people can headline a card in London. No. If, if UFC London was happening again next month, we wouldn't have a British guy at the top of the card because none of them are big enough. Not he, yet. Nathaniel Wood's on the way, Exactly. It? And listen, and, and again, we'll come on to Leon. Leon versus Maz, you know, all that kind of rhetoric. Does that sell out the O2 arena? It just doesn't. He's just not, he's just not a star. His personality is not big enough mm. to carry a card like this. That's just life. 
I think if Darren Till loses, we all lose. Like UK MMA, I felt like UK MMA took a fucking shot to the stomach at the weekend because it was like, fuck, he was our guy. But, yeah, he was the poster boy yeah, guy but, for the UK. But we, we know we know that there's more, right? And, and people who listen to this knows that there's more. Listen, I got into this sport because Bisping grew up in the same town as me. Yeah. And I'd heard about this dude fighting in a cage doing kickboxing. So let's follow his journey. We're going to watch tough. Mate, the amount of times I've stayed up in the middle of the night and Bisping's fallen short has been fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> but he got there in the end. That yeah. until 26 years of age. Bisping, into the Hall of Fame, is our greatest mixed martial artist of all time. And it took him time. Don't be hard on the kid. As Masvidal said, pick him up, support him, because at some point, this kid's going to fucking light us up and he's going to take us on a journey that we're all going to enjoy. Absolutely. It will get there. It will get there eventually. I just want to point something out before we move on to Rocky's fight. Mark Goddard's had a, a, a tough couple of weeks and people giving him shit with various decisions that he's made in certain fights uh, over the last couple of weeks. I'm sp- talking about it. He's been getting shit because he's been coming on yeah. our, sh- our fight disciples. Yeah, and people is- listen podcast and talking about it. Why would you give him shit for Absolutely, that? Absolutely, that's right? amazing. I wish every referee explained themselves. I wish the fucker who stopped Danny Roberts came on and explained himself. I just, I just want to say the speed of thought to protect Darren with yeah. what happened was fucking outstanding and proves to me why he's one of the best in the world. Just watch what he... He might as well have had a fucking pillow in his pocket because he was straight behind his neck, just cocking him a little bit just to make sure there was air going into his body before the doctor could get there. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, that's Mark. We expect nothing less from Mark. Mm. He's the best in the build. Mm. So anyway, that's from Darren's point of view. From Masvidal's point of view, Mm -hmm. sensational victory. Of course. On, On foreign soil, to be called out, to go and do that and to do it in that frame yeah. when the guy that you've just done it to has just come off the back of a, a title shot yeah man get on the mic and rock that fucker out absolutely outstanding Jorge or should I say Jorge as I keep being told uh, to call him yeah George George Masvidal now he then goes backstage and dishes out a three piece and a soda <laughs> <laughs> listen yes we we should sit here right as professionals, going back to what we were saying before, and as media people, we should be throwing shade on the way that he's behaved. Condemn it. Bringing the, the sport into disrepute and overshadowing the fantastic victory that he's just acquired against Darren Till. I fucking love it. Mate, I ain't going <laughs> to fucking get involved in that chat. I got told off. This is another thing. I got told I off it. another thing by the UFC. They keep telling me off. I don't know why they do this. Well, I do know why they do this, because they want to portray the sport as yeah, and rightfully so. Nine times out of ten, I will do that. But let's not fucking pull the wool over our audience's eyes. We love narrative. We love shit like this. Yep. At the end of the day, these are fighting men. Exactly. They get in a cage for fuck's sake for a living, lock the door behind and knock shit out of somebody else. This is the, the chemi- They have a chemical imbalance in the head. This is, this is fact. Yep. So when it goes off backstage, why are you acting so surprised? Exactly. I'm not surprised. At the end of the day, Masvidal's doing an interview. Rocky Edwards walks past shouts July to him yeah. because he wants the knock in July International Fight Week. Masvidal shrugs, says, "Mm, maybe. Then Rocky says, I didn't quite pick up what he says back to him, but he says something and whether it's misinterpreted or whatever, Masvidal then goes for a little bit of a trot. He says, and I haven't seen this, but he says Rocky approaches him with his hands up. Now, if you're going to... You can't tell on the footage. No, you can't tell. You can't tell. But that's what Masvidal has said. He said that he approached him with his hands up. Now, if you're approaching a man that comes from the fucking YouTube street fighting world, right? With, <laughs> with your, your hands up. With your hands up. Means it, you're about to throw down. It means it's going off. So therefore, the three-piece and a soda is coming your way. And I'll tell you what now, yes, in the cold light of day, it's wrong. But we've got a fucking narrative now. Yeah. 
And you know what? That that may well have given Rocky Edwards more exposure than he's ever had in his entire 100%. career. He is more famous now because of that because than Masvidal actually just beating Gunny. Yeah. He's just put on a wonderful show against Gunny. He was right? great. Phenomenal he show against Gunny. He was great, yeah. But that's made him more. Absolutely. That's the bit that goes viral. And that's why ESPN aren't stupid, man. With the American broadcast, they just went, boom, let us just show you what's happened backstage. You know, and, and Rocky ends up with a big lump on his cheek and a, and a cut and everything else. And they were they were all over it. But it's like these are the narratives that sell fights. This is how you this is how Rock this is how Rocky Edwards, as I said then, nobody on this card's capable of headlining UFC London. But shit like this helps Rocky Edwards get a headline in UFC London or maybe one day UFC Birmingham because mm. he's got to fight Masvidal next now. That fight's got to happen. Yep. So the great thing for Rocky Edwards is the fight that he's been desperate for, that fight that takes him one step closer to the world title fight, he's got it now. Mm. Because for me, the new number three in the world, because he's just beat the number three, Jorge Masvidal, has just lit you up. Oh, sorry, I apologise. Shouldn't they say that? He's just box. It's just three punches at you. Yeah, yeah. Backstage. Well, according to wi- uh, Wikipedia, Jorge Masvidal got win. two. Yeah, he got, he got two victories on the <laughs> on the same that. night, which is unbelievable. So, I know Rocky and his whole team, his brother Fabian, they were all fucking absolutely fuming afterwards. Hence the reason the police Mate, were at the hotel. And don't everything. be fuming. You've just made yourself a few exactly. quid. You should go back to your dressing room and go happy days because the fight with Masvidal has got to happen. With Masvidal being the number three, you're absolutely surging as one of the most informed welterweights. Seven in the on world. the spin, mate. That is basically, a, for me, Masvidal versus Rocky Edwards got to be some kind of final eliminator. Whoever wins that is going to get a title shot. Surely. Yeah. Surely to Christ. Whoever wins that gets the next title shot. Now, whether Ben Askren, in the meantime, jumps ahead of Colby and gets the shot of Kamaru, <laughs> or Colby Covington actually grows a set and fights Kamaru. Yeah. The winner of Edwards versus fucking Jorge Masvidal is ready and posed to fight the winner. Hmm. Whoever comes out of that 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 title fight, I'm going to come back to Askren in a minute because I've fallen in love with him. He's fucking it. I've the abs- Q and A was ace. I've he? absolutely fallen for pu- for Pubed, Pubed as you keep calling him. Yeah, but regarding Rocky Edwards' performance against Gunny, Brilliant. that was mate. I was sat there with my mouth open because I'm thinking to myself, I never saw this from you. I never yeah. saw <laughs> such fantastic takedown defense. Brilliant the way that he sh- the, he was preventing <laughs> underhooks and various things like that. And not only that. Dished a bit out himself. Yeah, he was grappling like fuck and had the power to take Gunny down on a couple of occasions. The work that he did on the inside with that fucking little, little short elbow, little Bomb. elbow at the end of the second. I think if there's yeah. another minute in that round, he stops Gunny. Yeah. I'm like, that's a masterclass. Well done, lad. absolutely. Uh, it's like how many how many guys in the UFC top fifteen has Leon Edwards got a beat to actually get close to a title shot? Mm-hmm. He, he looked absolutely outstanding. You know, he, he completely dominated the fight. Um, I thought he was brilliant, you know, and, and this is this is where Rocky Edwards is right now. It's, as you say, seven straight wins, but every one fully accomplished. You know, he's a, he's a fully rounded fighter. Now, I would love to. Well, is, is that when he got beat off Usman? Yeah, he actually gave Usman a fucking good whack. He, he did, gave yeah, him yeah. a good game. Absolutely, and I think right now, he, you know, right now he's 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 got to be close to contention. I think he's one big win away, and hopefully that win. Hopefully it's Masvidal, because you know what, I'd, if Masvidal cries away from it or whatever or you I know. don't think he will he's a fighting man it's yeah. on now it's on well I agree yeah it's got to happen now but I'd, if I was Leon Edwards I'd even call out Ben Askren because Ben Askren's as you know I think Ben Askren's an accident waiting to happen anyway mm. I think he's sh- I, I really you were going to say shit then for how amazing, you were going to say shit <laughs> for, for how amazing he was at the Q&A engagement fans and all that I think skill set wise yeah all he is as a wrestler. Other he's, than that, he's one trick. I'll be honest. He's, he's, a sh- okay, I'll he's tell good you, at it. He's a shit mixed martial artist, but he's a fantastic wrestler. There you go. I, I, so, and I think Leon Edwards beats him. I think Leon Edwards would beat Ben Askren. There, there you go. go. 
There you go. Ben Askren, uh, by the way, took to social media straight after that, saying Masvidal's only thrown hands at Rocky Edwards because he's trying to avoid a fight with me. <laughs> he was. He, he needs to go and fight Robbie Lawler again. That's what Ben Askren needs to do. He was outstanding all week, but let's be straight. Yeah. He was. We, we sat there at the weigh-ins and he's doing the Q and A, and I'm thinking to myself, "Go on, we need to get Nick up here for a little bit of pubed chat. It'd be yeah, hilarious." Yeah. But he, he absolutely. I, t- I tried to get him on the live broadcast because I was like, I've got to, I've got to get Mate, Maz, I've got to get uh, me and me and Pubed together at some stage. He was amazing. The he fans, was, he, was he, he takes the shit, he dishes the shit out. Yeah. He's giving it the boom roasted to everybody. Of course, he knows what he's doing. He absolutely he's, knows he's what he's doing. Playing the game so well. From afar, I never realised how good a how good an, enter- an entertainer he is, and the guy is an absolutely born entertainer. You know, he has brought that full heel pro wrestling kind of yeah. shtick with him. That's it. And he's just made it his own. And I think he re- I think he realises he's a one-trick pony as well. But kind of like when Chael Sonnen woke up to trash talking, Chael, Chael Sonnen was a run-of-the-mill middleweight. Just That was it. Another guy out of uh, out of a uh, grudge training centre, a great grappler, was very ordinary. And then one day he woke up and thought, I'm going to start trash talking. Yeah, yeah. And next thing you know, Chael Sonnen becomes one of the biggest stars in MMA. Look at Colby. Colby's done the same thing. And he's fought fucking hardly anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's talked his way to the top. Yeah. And Ben Askren's done exactly the same thing. It's unfortunate that Leon Edwards has had to do it the hard way because yeah. that's just not him. Mm. That's just not his personality. Mm. Unfortunately for Leon Edwards, he's probably the last person the UFC won as welterweight champion. Mm. But you know what? If he keeps beating people like this and if he can beat Masvidal, the UFC won't have a choice. They'll fucking have to put him in a title shot. Mm. It's the only way it's going to happen for Rocky. Um, we've got, obviously, more news from the world of mixed martial arts before we talk about Thompson and Pettis, which is happening this weekend. I'm, I just want to, obviously, stick with UFC London for a moment because Bisping, as you mentioned earlier, was uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. What a fantastic honour that is. A guy that pioneered uh, mixed martial arts here in the UK. As I said, he got there eventually. A uh, few failed final eliminator attempts and what have you before he became champion at 37 years of age, starching Luke Rockhold. It's a it's a Royal the Rovers type story. Fuck it's yeah. proper Cinderella man. One of the best. One of the best careers in the entire UFC. No question about that. And it was great to see him in great spirits at the weekend. We saw him on a couple of occasions. We had a little bit of a chinwag. Spirits being the operative word. Absolutely. He kept saying, yeah, lads, I'll see you tomorrow for an interview. Didn't show up. Yeah, lads, I'll see you this afternoon for an interview. Didn't show up. Yeah. Turned up. Tonight? Yeah, should we go out for an interview? No, Mike, it's not happening. You're just no. enjoying yourself, aren't you? You're here for a party. You go and enjoy yourself, boy. Exactly. But you know what? It was it was lovely that he got to do it. It's a lovely that the UFC decided to announce it here in yeah, London yeah, yeah. in front of the British fans. I'd have got him in the octagon. Else. Yeah, me too. I was surprised they didn't get him in the octagon. That was kind of weird. But um, you know, usually they don't announce the Hall of Famers until we're right on UFC Fight Week. So it was wicked that he got that moment, and you know they played his walkout tune, yeah. and he fucking just did a tour of the whole arena, yeah, he and did, did he? shaking hands and yeah, kissing cool. babies and shit <laughs> like that. But it was awesome, man, and he and he deserves that moment because you know I, I was talking about it when he, when I was when I was on the radio, but I was like, if it wasn't for Michael Bisping, we wouldn't be here. That's for Michael Bisping, this octagon wouldn't be in this auto arena right now. I probably wouldn't be a fan. He fucking got in the tough. He kicked the doors open for every other British fighter. He showed everybody, yes, we can compete over on the other side of the Atlantic. Yes, we can be at the very top of this sport. And not only that, Mike Bisping's career. This is why I, I truly believe it's one of the greatest careers in the whole of the UFC. Because he stayed relevant on about 
for about three different eras. Mm. He's like fucking Madonna. <laughs> Kept bringing out a new album that would kind of fit in with that era. He is the Madonna of MMA. This is the R&B Bispin. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah, the pop like, Bispin. Here he is, the funky house he, he Bispin. Was relevant <laughs> with, he was relevant with the fighters. He was relevant with the grapplers. He was relevant with the strikers. He moved along. And then obviously throughout his entire time, he was like, I just need to get Anderson Silver. I'll beat him, I'll beat him, I'll beat him. Kept losing. Kept losing fucking setup fights, final eliminators. Finally fights Anderson Silver, one of the greatest fights in the history of certainly UK MMA, if not UFC, one of the best fights ever, the O2. Then he gets the Rockhold win. Then he becomes champion, regardless of the fact that he didn't have a reign for long. Beats Dan Henderson, avenges that loss. And fucking every every fighter... Never lost in England. Exactly. All those fighters that are fighting on UFC London at the weekend, every single one of them asked them who their inspiration was. If the second name off their lips isn't Michael Bisping, the lion. Mm. Michael Bisping inspired one, two, three generations of this sport. Couldn't be a better person to be in the Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned. No, so, Mike, if you're still in the UK over the next few weeks, <laughs> you know what to do, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us a shout, yeah. Not text them anymore. No, I'm fed up. Fed up saying, uh, trying to arrange something that's not going to happen. Um, from extremely positive news to something quite sad, Tony Ferguson, a man that we've spoken about on this show on many occasions, were massive fans of his, uh, going through a little bit of a tough time at this moment. You will have seen um, on various UFC uh, media outlets saying that his, uh, his wife has uh, acquired an, a restraining order against Tony. When you read a little bit more about the actual story of how they've come to this particular point, it's, it's very concerning um for him um hopefully he's getting the right help hopefully the ufc support him hopefully they point yeah. him in the right direction to speak to the right people in order to uh to get his mind straight because it does seem like he's got a few demons at the moment yeah i think we've all knew that el kakui has got a you know he's, he's a sandwich short of a picnic but you say that with a kind of tongue-in-cheek oh isn't that fun you know he, he, yeah he's like a fucking diego sanchez you know you never know what he's going to say next he's going to co- always come up with some outlandish uh, outlandish chat and you know his, his approach to his martial arts is is always just slightly cookie and offbeat but then when you read into what's happening you know he, he he's, n- he's not actually physically laid hands on his wife but like going no. to his wife's house stealing a son for a couple of days the baby's son running off with him and you know his son wasn't hurt in any way whatsoever but then the wife when you look at the police reports where she says that you know he, he believed he woke up one day saying she was a witch and she was yeah. doing this and he kept pulling the baby's food away because he believed it was poisoned and then he pulled all the mirrors off the walls because he believed there was cameras hidden behind them that's underlying deep psychosis you know that that, that that's really dangerous stuff and she she has made the restraining order because of what might happen yeah not necessarily what has happened and uh, i think Ferguson put out a statement this week just saying that uh, in the aftermath of the war just saying thank you for everyone for the support and that the ufc is supporting him as well, and he hopes to one day make his comeback in the sport. But mm. right now, fuck MMA, fuck everything else. Tony Ferguson just needs to get his mind right because mm. there's nothing more important than family. And um, scary, man. Mm. Scary because, you know, again, on his day, El Kakui, I think he's the toughest fight out there for Khabib, quite easily. Mm. How many um, international... Uh, media outlets have contacted you over the last seven days wanted to talk about Conor McGregor fucking hell <laughs> two dozen three dozen I'm no longer taking calls on Conor McGregor yeah exactly he's yeah. alone to himself yeah I'll talk when he's back in the octagon yeah. bye July apparently 
So we did the St. Patrick's Day parade yesterday in Boston. Yeah, we did. And local he gave, TV. He gave a local speech, TV. didn't he? Was it basketball yeah. or ice hockey or something Bruins, like that, was it? Yeah, Boston Bruins ice, ice hockey. He, he did the fucking team pre-game tea talk. That's <laughs> the God. <laughs> fucking Connor. Just the Errol Spence as well. Yeah. Walking out with the fucking thing you do in the billy walk. Yeah, yeah. It's Connor's an absolute global superstar, man. And he mentioned yesterday that he's back in talks with the UFC. It looks like it's going to be July. All this stuff about him returning in April, but he would be co-main event. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Who does Connor co-main event to? Hmm. Who deserves to be headlining above Connor McGregor? It's the biggest star the sport has ever seen. Even fucking Khabib doesn't headline above Connor, even though he should beat him. Because Connor's Connor. He's got to headline a UFC event. Got to. Hmm. It's crazy talk, but he's talking about July. Hopefully, maybe it'll be International Fight Week. Hmm. And, you know, who is it going to be? Well, it could well be Nate Diaz, but it could well be Poirier versus uh, Max Holloway for the interim title. Plays out in a couple of weeks' time. We'll know the winner of that by the end of April. The winner of that could well fight Connor in July. Connor in it, man. Everyone's queuing up to fight him. <laughs> yeah. Um, this weekend, it is Wonderboy against Showtime. Pettis at welterweight, eh? Weird. Well, he had a welterweight do in 2008 I think it was he only had one fight there but he's he's competed at 145 yep. he's competed at 155 and now he's having a knock against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson this is Stephen's first fight since Darren Till it's interesting I think it's a kicking contest is it not would you say yeah and I think that's why obviously Pettis has thought I'll fucking jump up and, and, and jump up to welterweight and take on Stephen Thompson because it'll be a bit of a striking masterclass um I think he believes that as a, in a striking tournament, in a kicking tournament, he's got the he's got the flair. Yeah. His, his taekwondo background will have the flair over uh, Wonder Boy's more karate kickboxing style. But uh, I think fucking size will be everything <laughs> in this fight. I think Wonder Boy's just going to be way too big. I think Wonder Boy throwing a, a long head kick has got an extra four or five inches on on Petters without looking at the stats. I'm sure he has. Mm. So. It's a weird one for Pettis. He's, in a, he's, on a, he's on a fucking weird journey in MMA as well, and he? He's not won back-to-back fights since 2013. So I'm surprised the UFC has made this one, but I think it's an opportunity for Stephen Thompson to light him up. Hmm. Anything on the card that sticks out for you? Uh, just the heavyweights on the undercard. Obviously, Curtis Blades and Justin Willis in their main event, in their co-main events. Those two guys are just going to absolutely light each other up. So um, don't blink for that one for sure. Hmm. But... Um, it's, it, it's a funny one, MMA night now, because I feel such a, again, I feel like the whole of UK MMA's took a body shot because Darren Till got beat. And I kind of, it's, it's one of them when you come out of it, you think, fuck. It's like when you lose a, Liverpool usually lose a European Cup final. No, I like, love that. I, don't, I love when, when that happens. I love it. It's like, I don't want to watch football anymore. I don't, I don't want to watch football for a couple of weeks. I'm not watching Match of the Day again. I'm a little like that going into this Thompson Pettis fight card. I'm like, ugh. I have to watch UFC again, but anyway, I'll get I'll get my energy I'll get my energy back by the end of the week. Don't worry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, worry, yeah, yeah. it's alright. I can get a co-presenter in. Have you got a number for uh, John Lass? <laughs> yeah. We'll get her in. If I, can you imagine if I invite her on to do the show from my house and my missus comes in from work? <laughs> all right, yeah, we we'll just do the show. <laughs> uh, on that note, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for listening to us. You can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. You can get all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And if you need an Android feed, go to our website, fightdisciples.com. We will catch you next time, with or without him. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, 
subscribe via iTunes.